0: What's happening, Sir City fam? I'm here in the auditorium. Again, if you missed part one through three, make sure that you go and watch it after this. Uh, I am stoked about this message because I feel like it's very prophetic just considering where it is that we are in time and what's going on around us. And I believe that God has some instruction, some encouragement. Uh, for us as we progress and move forward. So, why don't we go ahead and jump right into the word? Go with me to Genesis chapter 50. What book did I say? Genesis chapter 50, and we're going to read today, we're going to go ahead and read from verses 15 through 21, and then we're going to jump right into this word. Come on. Genesis chapter 50 verse 15. Bible says when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him everybody say Joseph wept Joseph wept when they spoke to him his brothers also came and fell down before him and said behold we are your servants but Joseph said to them do not fear for am I in the place of God as for you you meant evil against me but God meant it for good somebody say God meant it for good come on somebody that could preach right there God meant it for good to bring it about, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Verse 21, so do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Wow, wow, wow. Let's go ahead and pray. God, I'm so thankful. For this opportunity to preach your word Lord I pray that your power would attend me even as I declare it. So much so that lives would be transformed. I thank you for growing our church family literally around the world. The Serve City family is expanding and I just appreciate Lord what you're doing in all of our lives even beyond this camera. And while you're blessing us at Serve City today, God, remember all of the churches in the GTA that are preaching your gospel. Lord, I ask that every man, every woman of God that declares your word, that your power would attend them and that transformation would take place for your glory. Remember all of the churches around the world, wherever your gospel is preached, let transformation transpire. And I thank you and give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say. Amen. Come on, somebody in the chat that hasn't put it yet, put it ain't canceled. It ain't canceled. Listen, I, as I stated, am standing here in the auditorium of Serve City Church and I'm forced to remember in this moment and I'm I'm oftentimes, you know, overcome with emotion when I think about the fact that we didn't always have a permanent facility. Um, You know, it's just been about a year that we've been here and I look around, you know, with these pews that we have as we're preparing, you know, as a part of our vision, we're taking these pews out and we're about to get some chairs in here and I'm excited about all of this. But there was a time when we were in a movie theater and every week we were setting up and tearing down in hopes, you know, um, showing up at 7 a.m. And our amazing team, shout out to the Serve City Dream team, would show up at 7 a.m. and set the place up, do all sorts of unloading of our amazing trailer and all of that in hopes that people would come to know Christ. And there was a season when my wife and I, you know, God put on our heart that the time was coming for us to be able to see the dream that was in our heart, really from the inception of our church, to be able to get a permanent facility. And, you know, at the top of 2019, God really started putting this, stirring this in our spirit. And we're like, you know, we need to pray and fast into this because we want to make sure that we are hearing from God. And this isn't just fatigue (laughs) around setting up and tearing down. And so as we fasted and we prayed, God told us, you know what? I need you to shut down your headquarters location. We were renting the movie theater and we also had a headquarters location that we were renting. And so we're like, you know what? okay, God, we're going to be obedient. It was most definitely, um, you know, difficult because the headquarters locations where our team met and and all of that, but we wanted to be obedient in that season. And, you know, our heart was like, okay, we're going to, it's so difficult to find real estate in Toronto. Um, If you're in Toronto and you're a pastor and you're watching this, even around Canada, uh, because of zoning and all that, we're like, where are we going to find a location? But at least if we close this down, we'll save up the money. The fall, and that was our plan. Lo and behold, two twos an opportunity opens up to where this building became vacant, and our broker connected with the broker of this building who was asking him, Does he know a church that's looking for a permanent facility? and it was going to happen in 30 days. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We were planning for the fall, but God was like, Nah, fam you're planning for fall, but I got a suddenly in your future. And the fact of the matter is that if we had not been obedient at the top of the year to let go of our headquarters location, we would not have been in position when the turnaround came to be able to move on to what I'm standing in today and now our church has grown and has expanded and we're so grateful for the generosity of our Serve City family that has allowed for us to be here and continue to hold on to this place to be a center of hope in the midst of this pandemic and so as I think about this and I give glory to God uh, because of his direction it just reminds me as you know we're in the story of Joseph and we've been looking at the fact that Joseph had a dream and as a result of him sharing it, he was thrown in a pit ended up being sold into slavery uh, in gets into Potiphar's house is light upon after he is light upon he is thrown into prison and so last Sunday we looked at the at how God operated and how God's presence was in attendance with Joseph while he was in the prison but now just to as a spoiler alert what ends up happening is Joseph is elevated just as the dream That he saw, told him, he was elevated from the prison to the palace. And he ends up, watch this, becoming second in command in all of Egypt. This is insane. Think about it. A 17-year-old boy gets this dream and this vision, ends up, all of this craziness happens to him, all because of the dream that is in his heart, that God has put in his heart. And now finally, he is about 30 years old and he is, he finds himself in the palace. Somebody say the palace, the palace. And I love the culmination of this story which we read um, not too long ago. But I wanna especially highlight, and this is what the Lord's been putting on my heart and I believe it's a challenging word for those of you who are watching, You know, because obviously God's promise is gonna come to pass. If God says it, it's going to happen. God is not a man that he should lie, the Bible says, nor the son of man that he should repent. The thing that I want to note is that Joseph's elevation was based on his preparation. My God. And I just want to, I want to, I want to encourage you around this. You know, the fact that Joseph was elevated to the palace was based on how he stewarded the prison. Joseph's service to the baker and the cupbearer in prison, you have to go back and look at it in Genesis chapter 40, was what prepared him and what ends up opening the door for him to be able to enter into his palace season. Now I want to tell you this, I want you to understand this, your service will open doors that your skills can't. Come on, I just want to start the party by just letting you know that your service will open doors that your skills can't. There's someone who's watching and you're like, I'm not skilled enough for the things that God has put in my head. I'm not skilled enough for the dream that God has put in my head. And I want to let you know that what God has called you to, not only does He equip the called, He doesn't call the equipped so that He can get the ultimate glory. But the fact of the matter is that your service, how you serve people, People in this season will determine and will oftentimes be the elevator that takes you to the next season. God will often use your service. Let me say it again. Your service will open doors that your skills can hand and for somebody this is a prophetic word because I want to encourage you around what's happening in this season this cocoon season as we called it last week and I want to capitalize on this fact because I believe that God has something mighty for some of you who are watching in the future but how you steward this season is going to determine the next God is preparing you and I heard this so strong in my spirit God is preparing you in this season to be necessary in the next my God. God is preparing you in this season to be necessary. In the next. What do I mean by this? Watch this. So, so what ends up happening as we backtrack, I read the end of the story to start out, but in Genesis 41, we see how things happen for Joseph to enter into his palace season. Joseph ends up interpreting the dream of the king of Pharaoh's cupbearer and his baker. And he tells one that he's going to die, and he tells another one that he's going to be restored to his position. What he prophesies actually comes to pass and so what ends up happening is Pharaoh is having some dreams the king is having some dreams and he is in that moment where um, as he's having dreams he's trying to figure out what the interpretation of these dreams are. And the Bible makes it clear that this is the moment where he is where Joseph is called upon out of the prison in order to come into the palace because he is the one who has the ability to be able to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. Now the reason why this happens is because the cupbearer which lives and is restored to his position when the king is asking in the first few verses, I wonder who it is that's capable of being able to interpret my dream, the cupbearer is able to look back and he's like, I know a guy. I got a guy for that, you know? He's like, I remember when you threw me in prison because of what I did and because you were vexed with man and there was a guy in there who interpreted my dreams. And he's like, call on that dude. That's the dude that you need to call. Now mind you, I want you to understand this, that Joseph was in the prison for two years after he had had interpreted the dream. The Bible even describes this prison as a dungeon. So he is like in a pit, he is in a dungeon situation. He serves faithfully and consequently, watch this, the season comes where in two twos, he is removed from the dungeon and he is called up. Genesis chapter 41 verse 14 says, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly, somebody say quickly, they quickly brought him out of the pit. Watch this. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. How powerful is this? So after two years, as the Bible makes it clear in Genesis chapter 41, verse one, Joseph, who was in this dungeon, in this prison, who was banished there because Potiphar's wife lies on him. This Joseph, the Bible says in verse 14, as a result of how he served in the prison, that put him in queue and prepared him. So when the season showed up, come on somebody, where he would have been necessary. Imagine if he said to the baker and the cupbearer, bearer, nah fam, I'm not even, I'm not interested in you. And like I said last week, nobody knows the trouble I see. I'm not even supposed to be. Imagine if he whined and complained when they came to him asking for him to interpret their dreams. Imagine what would have happened when this opportunity popped up where Joseph, come on somebody, was the one that was the answer to the king's problem. He still would be stuck in the dungeon, in the prison for who knows how long. God right now in this cocoon season for many of you, and this is why I want you to see this, is preparing you to be necessary in the next season. Watch this, there's stuff that's coming up personally. There's stuff that's coming up ecclesiastically, if I can just prophesy to the church, where the church as a whole needs to be the answer in the season that is coming. But the way that we serve during this pandemic, the way that we serve during this cocoon season is determines our preparation for what's getting ready to happen in the next. Even for us as a church, as I shared, when the Lord told us at the top of the year, get rid of your headquarters location, we could Kicked the fuss and said well God we only have the theater on Sundays and God we need to do x y and z you know how we argue with God but we my wife and I by God's grace said okay God we're going to let it go and took the necessary measures to make sure that we use wisdom in letting go of the place and what we thought was going to happen in fall come on somebody ended up happening just within 30 days thereafter but the fact is that we were prepared and positioned for what it was that God had for us and now we're standing in this blessing which also has been an inspiration and a blessing to others but it's not for our glory but it's for God's glory because we listened to him when he prepared us for what was next come on somebody and so watch this I love what the Bible says in verse 14 if I could just preach it this thing is stirring in me the Bible says then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they Quickly brought him out. That's it, right there. Oh my, as I've said previously, even in other messages, the fact of the matter is that there's usually a weight followed by a suddenly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a wait followed by a suddenly. There are many of you that have been waiting. Joseph, after he interpreted the dreams in the prison, had to wait for two years. But then the Bible makes it clear that he was necessary. So Pharaoh brings him out quickly. Come on, somebody. The speed of my elevation is often based on the level of my preparation. Oh my, I want to prophesy and help somebody. Here it is uh, again for you. The speed of my elevation is often based on the level of my preparation I even hear in the spirit that there are some of you that God's desire was for you to be out of the dungeon out of the prison a long time ago but because of your lack of preparation you spent more time complaining in the seasons past than you did being prepared and so when opportunities that were even beyond your pay grade open up for you where you were the answer not because of your skill but because of the grace of God, you often miss those opportunities if I can prophesy because of the fact that you were ill prepared. And God is saying that it's time for many of you to repent and to get yourselves in position. I wasn't trying to get here, but I just sensed it on me to get in position because there are opportunities ahead. As long as there's life, there's hope. And God, even over the church, I want to just declare it that the church needs to get to the place where we don't respond like everybody else does, but when It is that we get ourselves in position. This determines, watch this, the speed of our elevation. There's some of you that God wants to turn stuff around quickly. Come on. But the fact of the matter is, the rapidity of our elevation is determined oftentimes by our level of preparedness. Watch this. It's even nuts because in Genesis chapter 40, verse 23, the last scripture, after Joseph uh, declares and prophesies to the baker, and the cupbearer, look at what it says in verse 23. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Oh my, so Joseph serves the cupbearer and the baker. What he prophesies actually comes to pass, but the Bible makes it clear that after he he after he served the cupbearer, the cupbearer forgot about him once he left and was elevated back to his position. Man, I want to talk to somebody. Oh, I feel this. Uh, who feels forgotten today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're watching and you're like, I've served and it's been difficult because I served in the season previously, and the people who made promises to me forgot about me. The people who said they were going to help me out and the the folks that, you know, were supposed to be on my side after I sacrificed and served them and went out of my way to do all of this, they forgot about me. But I want to tell you, God's faithfulness goes beyond man's forgetfulness. Come on, somebody. That's so good. I got to say it again. God's faithfulness goes beyond man's forgetfulness. And so the fact of the matter is that although the, the forgot about Joseph in that season you better believe that God will jog the memory of folks in the season that you are necessary I want to tell somebody you are not forgotten somebody that's watching on the other side you felt like you are forgotten you feel like you know what pastor I have been prepared and I'm here to tell you that that's the only thing you got to do is to be prepared and follow the instruction of the Lord in this season that you're in and know that when the opportunity comes. You will be ready. Come on, somebody. Note this. Bible says in verse 9, then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today. Verse 10, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard how insane is that this guy not only does God jog his memory and bring back to his remembrance Joseph who he had forgotten but the fact is that he's even willing to talk about his offenses to the guy who put him in the prison He didn't even care in that moment that because of what he did, that Pharaoh could have been like, you know what? I'm going to put you right back in that prison. He didn't even care because God was behind it. Come on, somebody. God will make people do stuff that don't even make sense because you are not forgotten. Come on. Somebody in the comments ought to put there, I am not forgotten. I am not forgotten. God knows your name. I hear the song, I am not forgotten. Man, that's just in my spirit because someone needs to know God will put your name name. I I even hear it. God is bringing your name to somebody's remembrance right now. Come on. God is bringing your name to somebody's remembrance right now. There's somebody who's remembering you right now. There's someone who in the season ahead that's going to remember you who thought you were forgotten. Come on. You don't need everybody to remember you even if people have forgotten you. God can do stuff and compel people to even do stuff that may seem irrational Because of the fact that he has not forgotten you. Somebody that knows that you're not forgotten, you ought to put your hands together where you are and open your mouth and give God a big praise. Hallelujah. And so the question is, this is what God has been putting in my heart. I hear the whinings. The question is. (laughs) <laughs> you know, is, is will you be ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about if God's promises will come to pass. It's not as if the opportunity won't show up, but will you be ready when it comes? Come on. How many of you have missed opportunities because of the fact that you were ill-prepared? And that's what the Lord especially has encouraged me to challenge you around today. The Bible says, watch this, the Bible says in Galatians chapter six, verse nine, I love it, it says, be not weary or don't get weary in doing good or in some translation says in well-doing for in due season. Somebody say due season. In due season you will reap. Somebody says I will reap. You will reap. Watch this. If you do not faint or if you do not give up, oh my, that's a word for somebody right there, watch this, I can't determine the due season, I don't know when due season is, I don't know when it's due, when the time is there, but watch this, but I can determine my preparedness, I can determine my preparation, I can't determine the season, but I can determine my preparation, come on somebody, I don't know who I'm talking to, you've been trying to figure out seasons and times, which the Bible says, to all over and over again are in the Lord's hands and it's up to him to to determine when the window is going to open I can't determine when it's going to rain but I can determine when I put my seed in the ground so that when the rain comes I have seed in the ground and so I'm prepared watch this I am positioned oh my I want to help somebody I am positioned for when the rain comes and there have been many of us that have been getting wary in doing good because we don't know what season it is come on somebody but God's desire is not for you to just be in the position where you're sitting here twiddling your thumbs and doing nonsense while you're waiting for a window to open up you're sitting out there looking for the rain to come and you don't even have any seed in the ground my lord you you're sitting out there waiting for due season and you haven't been doing good you have not been putting things in the ground your level of preparedness determines we don't know when the windows going to open up. It's just like even Jesus' return. When Jesus, the Bible makes it clear, is coming like a thief in the night. We don't know when and people sitting around trying to calculate, doing what the Bible said not to do, trying to figure out times and seasons and one plus one equals 50 and Jesus is coming back in 1844 and Jesus is coming back in blah, 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 blah. blah. When the Bible don't tell us to sit around and try to figure out when Jesus is coming back, the Bible makes it clear that his coming is imminent and in the context of eternity, even a thousand 2,000, 2000 a million years is still imminent come on somebody but all that he encourages us to do is to get ready who am I talking to so our assignment our assignment is not to obsess over timing but our assignment is to occupy come on somebody to be prepared for when he shows up I gotta move I gotta move but I want to let you know this uh, when I think about my my sons Gabe and Noah they play Fortnite and if you have kids in that age group you know they are always talking about Fortnite they are always playing these games and I I love it. I'm cool. You know, don't judge me. Uh, I'm not telling you to let your kids play Fortnite. uh, But we're okay with it. And they get to connect with their friends, especially in this season where connection is virtual and all of that. You know, some of our Zoom chats and Skype chats are more violent than Fortnite. But that's a whole nother story. Uh, We're going to leave that one there. But what I love about my sons is in between, like it takes a while oftentimes for them to for the Fortnite game to load. And what they do, it's insane. What I've seen them do is they get their iPods, and while they're waiting for the game to load, they'll sit there and they will watch YouTube videos. While it's loading, they'll pull up a YouTube video of someone who is where they're trying to get so that they can sharpen their skills. My God before they jump back into the game. So they don't sit there and twiddle their thumbs or stare at the screen waiting for it to go, but they literally sit there with their iPod and watch videos to try and sharpen their skills so when the opportunity pops back up, they're a little stronger than they were. Come on, they're a little smarter. They got a few more skills that they can use when the opportunity opens. And there are many of us, we've been sitting there looking at the screen, waiting for the game to open up instead of the fact that we could be sharpening ourselves. And God is saying, it's a season of preparation. We've got to get ready. If the window was to open up, would you be chopping down the tree with a dull axe? Would you walk into the room and not have anything to say? Because you weren't reading, you weren't investing in yourself, you weren't preparing, come on somebody, in the cocoon season. And I love, as we move on, I love, you know, in, in verse 14 through 16, you know, when it is that, that Pharaoh calls Joseph and brings him and tells him that he has a dream and all of this. Joseph says in verse 16, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer and I love it because in that moment he doesn't act all high and mighty like yes it is I I am the chief uh, dream interpreter. Here is my business card. You know, I am Jojo, uh, the chief dream interpreter. No, he doesn't do none of that. Come on, somebody. Even later on, when it is that God uses him to give wisdom around the interpretation of the dream, which is prophesying that there after seven years where there is uh good years, there's going to be seven years of famine and that they need to appoint someone in position to be able to steward the harvest and all the resources to be able to survive the famine which uh, is the interpretation of Pharaoh's dream Joseph doesn't even put himself out there Joseph approaches the scenario with humility come on somebody and he gives God the glory when he is elevated he doesn't forget the elevator and so let me just give you this word you know just so you understand not only is our preparation important but when you're elevated don't forget the elevator He lifted me up, come on, from the miry clay. Anybody know that? And planted my feet, hey, on the rock to... How many of you know that it's Jesus that lifted you up? Come on, somebody. And when the door opens, do not forget the elevator. I love this because as we move on... Joseph now, he's in this position. He interprets the dream of Pharaoh, which lets us know that God is even in, interested and involved and speaks to people on a governmental level that we may not even agree with. Pharaoh obviously was against God and biblical theology as we would believe it, and Hebrew theology as Joseph believed, but God yet and still was speaking to him, watch this, for the benefit, because remember, as I told told you, this story of Joseph is the Toledoth, which is the last and final, the 10th and the final part of the book of Genesis, which has to do with the posterity or the uh, the longevity or the generational line of Jacob, who is Israel, who, the, who God ultimately uses to bring Jesus the Messiah into the world. And so it's powerful because God is speaking to Pharaoh And makes Joseph necessary so that he is the one that is positioned to speak the truth to power and also to be able to give wisdom that positions the earth to be able to make it through a time of difficulty and also to preserve Joseph. And the line of Jacob oh this is so powerful and so 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 this is nuts because I believe even in this season what God is doing as I said he's preparing us to be necessary in the season ahead that God's desire is for the kingdom to be in position and to be prepared to be able to give wisdom and to speak truth the power in seasons of challenge and he gives us insight not for our glory but for his glory so Joseph knows he is in this position where he is giving glory to God when he is elevated he does not forget the elevator but also by the scripture that we read in Genesis chapter 50 we realize that Joseph's perspective was generational this story is not just about Joseph come on somebody and so Joseph he answers in Genesis chapter 50 when his brothers feel like he's about to waste them and he ends up saying listen this is not about me This is not about my revenge. This is not about me exacting judgment on you, but this is about God's glory. God took what you meant for evil and designed and positioned this thing to get the biggest glory out of it. My God, can I tell you this is something that the Lord put on my heart? Too many of us blow our opportunities because of our immaturity and our hypocrisy note this from chapters 42 all the way through 50 we find that Joseph spends time watch this not only reconnecting with his brothers but God has placed him in a position where he is able to take care of them and to feed them remember they were eating over him in the pit but now he is positioned to where he can feed them and take care of them when he was in the position where he could have exacted judgment on them. And so he could have been immature. He could have been like Nana Nana boo boo. I mean, look, Joseph is even in position over Potiphar's waist you wife, the one who lied on him and got him in the prison in the first place. He is now beyond and even over Potiphar. And so he could have come in there with an arrogant and a prideful manner. Come on, somebody. And so God is making it clear that when it is that we do enter into elevation, it's not just about preparation, but when you get in elevation, your focus and your mind, you have to steward it well. Watch this. It has to be about God's glory and not about your popularity. It has to be about God's glory and not your immaturity, where you're looking at just clapping back at people. And and especially in this cancel culture that we're in, which is full of Hypocrisy, where we're willing to just cancel people. Come on, somebody. But like Joseph, we got to get to the place where we say and we realize if we truly believe, especially as Christians, that God is working all things together for our good. Come on, somebody. That even when people do harm to us, they can't stop the plan of God on our lives. Come on, somebody. That they can't stop or hinder the dream of God from coming to pass. The world gets glory when we spend time clapping back and we try to get revenge for ourselves but God gets the glory when we go beyond ourselves and we see the big picture come on somebody if we're gonna be like Christ being like Christ is being able to die for the very people who are putting you on the cross come on when they tell you if you're God come down and whoop us Jesus had all right to come down from the cross and to whoop the behinds or to call all of the stones and the animals I bet in that moment he was holding back all of creation who probably wanted to come and have the back of their creator but he was like for the joy that was set before him come here Hebrews chapter 12 he was willing to endure the cross he saw you and he saw me and he says I'm going to be mature enough to stay on the cross and instead of being in a position where I exact judgment in this moment I'm going to demonstrate love come on somebody because there's an Andrew and there's a you who's watching that's on the other side of this cross that needs the love and so even though they deserve it I'm not going to cancel that oh uh, yeah 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 aren't you glad that God didn't do no cancel culture on you God did not cancel Joseph's family many of us when we hear the story of Joseph we usually just think of ourselves as Joseph everybody's thrown us in a pit And everybody and I got this dream and all this stuff. But in many cases, we're like Joseph's brothers. Come on, somebody. We are the ones that throw people in pits based upon their dreams. We are the ones that treat people unfairly and respond. Maybe I'm the only person that's been in that position where I know that if it was not for the grace of God, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't cancel me. Somebody ought to put that in the comments. I'm so glad that God didn't cancel me. The fact of the matter is that this is such a perfect picture of the gospel. This whole dream. As we see in Genesis 50, as we read from 14 onward, was about God saving Joseph's brothers because it was through their line that the Messiah was going to be born into the earth and was going to save both you and me, my God. That God was going to use Joseph's imperfect brothers, he was preserving them because he was going to use their line for Jesus to ultimately show up. God sent Joseph through all of that, not just for Joseph's benefit. Yes, Joseph ends up getting a beautiful wife. He ends up having a couple kids. He ends up being in a position of power, even as it was prophesied and the dream came to pass. But I love this because Joseph's brothers and his father and his family, they weren't canceled. God made preparation for them in advance. Come on, even before the mishap. And I just want to talk to somebody that understands. You ain't just Joseph, but even I'm so grateful that God makes preparation for us even before we throw people in the pit, even before we mess up. I'm glad that God did not cancel me, as the Bible says. Can I preach the gospel again? The fact of the matter is that over two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ came down to this earth and. He died for the sins of mankind he died for my sins he died in my place come on when I deserve to die and you know how he got here come on somebody he got here through the line of imperfect people he got here through the line of people who messed up people that's in Jesus family are people who messed up but I'm so glad that God can use even imperfect people that he don't forget about us but he set stuff in motion even before we mess up. Come on, somebody, because he died for me and he died for you even before we even took our first breath. Somebody ought to give God praise that he don't cancel us, but the Bible makes it clear that he didn't cancel us so much so that even though he died, come on, somebody, that bright and early on a Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. And today you and I can have eternal life because of what God did through Joseph and what he did on the backs of people who threw him in the pit. Oh, this is some powerful stuff. When many of us hear verses like he prepares a table for for me in the presence of my enemies. This is how you know if you're worldly or if you're trying to give God glory because you're like mm-hmm, he prepares a table before me so I can just eat up all this food in your face in your face look you see you tried to throw me in the pit ha, and you tried to throw but look at what God did come on now I'm eating good while you know do you understand that the gospel perspective come on kingdom is not repaying evil for evil but the gospel perspective and the crystal centric perspective is that when God gives you food come on somebody and prepares There's a table for you in the presence of your enemies that instead of gloating in their face, you give God glory by giving them something to eat. Oh, my. Oh, that messed with somebody right there. The world says clap back and be prideful. And God says you ought to serve and open the table. Watch this. People that go to the next level are ones that know how to serve their haters. Oh my, I just want to help you to be mature because I believe that God has something solid for you. But oftentimes, it's our immaturity Hoffney and Phinehas sleeping with the women at the temple gate. Come on, somebody. And as a result, the glory of God is compromised. Eli allowing foolishness to transpire in the house of God instead of standing for righteousness. Consequently, it's this immaturity that messes with our effectiveness and God is like, when you get there, come on somebody, when the door opens, you, know, you need to know how to steward it, you got to steward it like I would steward it, you got to steward it with the, with the heart of Christ, it's not about gloating, but it's about serving, and this is why they even see Joseph as a type of Christ, because when he has the opportunity to be like, you threw me in the pit fam, here, take that grain, yam that fam, and move from here, he says, nah, he's like, I'm gonna take care of you, come on, here it is in the text, as for you, He says in verse 20, As for you, you meant evil for me, but God meant it for good. To bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So don't fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Oh my, I'm believing that in this season that God wants to use you and I in a magnanimous manner. But it's only going to happen if we truly Get to the place where it's not about our popularity. It's not about us gloating, but it's about God's glory. Come on. It's not about our gloating, but it's about God's glory. Let me say it again. It's not about our gloating, but it's about God's glory. And so I want to remind you today, it ain't canceled, but you got to be prepared when it happens. You got to be prepared for the open door. And some of you need to repent and do what you need to do and dust stuff off and get ready and get back in position because the window is opening again. As long as there's life, there's hope. Come on, Jonah. And God has sent numerous fishes, if I could just prophesy. God has sent numerous your way to try and get you on track. And you keep going in the other direction because you don't think that what God's calling to you to is in fact something that he would call you to because you're looking with a worldly lens and perspective. It's not about our popularity and people knowing our name, but it's about people seeing such incredible love, such reckless love, That they ask, what on earth? Where would that come from? And you're able to say, you know what, fam? It's because of God. It's because of the love that I've received. I have no choice. Because of the forgiveness that I've received. Any witnesses? I have no choice but to love on those, even those who have harmed me. Come on, somebody. I bet you weren't expecting this ending. But this is really where God is taking us. The maturity level of the church. The church needs to get to another level of maturity. And so in this moment, you're hearing this and you're like, man, this sounds impossible. You know, how in the world can I serve those who threw me in a pit? And I'm here to tell you that it only happens through a relationship with God. How You're saying, you're talking about all this dream and this vision and all this stuff. You know, I don't even, I don't know my purpose. I don't know my destiny. I'm telling you, you can discover it through a relationship with Jesus today. And so in this moment, I want to extend to you a relationship with Christ. As I said, he died for your sins. He died for your errors. Yes, you're imperfect, but, he, but you're not canceled. And he extends new life to you today through trust and faith in him, if you give your life to him as John three sixteen lets us know and Romans 10 and 9 lets us know, if you ask him to be the Lord and the boss of your life and if you declare that you believe that he not only died but that he rose miraculously from death with all power, then you would be saved. If you die, you'll go to be with Jesus forever. Come on somebody, that's good news. And so in this moment, if it's your first time or maybe even someone who has walked away, I'm here to tell you, you may have walked away from him but he has not walked away from you. You have the opportunity. I want to invite you in this moment to respond to this incredible reckless love that God has shown to us. And you can pray this prayer with me. It's not the prayer that saves, but, you know, it's Jesus who saves, but the prayer is a line in the sand saying, today is my day. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Be the Lord of my life. Make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, praise God. I'm so excited about the decision that you have made. If that person is you, make sure that you connect with us. We love you and we're celebrating with you. God bless you.